the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. ADLW presents Rob Black in Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. One of the things that I've been working on for the better part of I'd say six to seven months uh, minimum is new website that basically is more in line with what social media and mobile phones and iPads and tablets are doing today versus when it was designed originally by a friend of mine that uh, I, I guess it was six, seven years ago, and that was more of a desktop world, laptop world. So bringing, joining me now today, I'm going to be talking with one of the developers, one of the professionals tied towards my uh, new website. You can check out the new website, robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Welcome on in, Sherbert. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. Good morning. Now, you've got an interesting name to start with. Let's address that, Sherbert. <laughs> well, actually, it doesn't really mean anything. My parents just, uh, I guess, like the name. But, you know, they didn't really do me any favors because you are your name. So I love sweets. Really? It's kind of a nice thing to hear. Now, tell me a little bit about the company that I'm working with to do my website, which I'm very pleased with, by the way. RobBlack.com looks nice on a mobile device, looks nice on an iPad, looks nice on a big 30-inch monitor. Thank you. Well, Fractal Dev um, is a company, and it's an IT outsourcing firm specializing in development of you know, enterprise software, web and mobile apps, and we also do resource staffing. So for any of your staffing needs, technical or non-technical, we can support you on that. Tell me a little bit more, because I want to play with you here. R- um, staffing? What's that, what's that look like? What's that kind of relationship and what would I expect? Well, let's say you have a project um, and um, you need a couple of resources, right. three, four, five. So you tell us the kind of uh, expertise that you need. We source it out there and we handle all of the HR management for you. So you communicate with your team, but they're located over there. Okay. When you say located over there, one of the interesting things about Fractal Dev, fractaldev.com, is over there is over where? Over there is the Philippines. We oh. are located in the Philippines. I met your son many years ago, and he was, uh, was he stationed here, or was he just jumping back and forth? Uh, at the time that you met him, he was probably uh, jumping back and forth, yes. Okay, so you're uh, doing that right now, jumping back and forth. Yes, although we spent many, many years here. I've been here for more than 33 years. So You joined me today in the Fremont offices of the radio station. You said, I've been... I used to live here. I've never taken BART before. It's kind of nice. To hear. <laughs> right. 
So, well, not from the Philippines, obviously. Right. Um, let's talk about some of the other things you do. You said mobile, you said enterprise, you said staffing. In the world of investments, mobile and enterprise are pretty hot areas right now. Cloud. Um, what Can you tell me about the enterprise work that you're doing? Well, big data okay. is everything these days. And we, we've got clients that, you know, want to take advantage of that. And we leverage existing frameworks uh, to glean that data and make it work to, your, to their advantage. But, you know, data isn't just data. Right. I mean, it's nothing without knowing what kind of questions to ask and what you do with that data so that, that you can, you know, predict, um, do predictive analytics. So it's very, very exciting. I constantly do radio and television, and I don't have a lot of data. So I do seminars based off, you know, radio and television. And a lot of times I'm just flying blind and, you know, my data collection is, who heard me on radio? Raise your hand. Not the smartest way to do it. So um, I don't know where my traffic's coming from anymore. I used to, like, every now and then Google Analytics or someone would be like, uh-huh. you know, you've got three listeners in Singapore. You've got two in Russia. You've got one in Turkey. And I'm like, Turkey? Um, who's, who cares about the stock market in Turkey? But data is pretty important. Um, it saves you a lot of time and able to channel your resources to areas that are effective. Absolutely. You've got a lot of data there. You just need to be able to put it all together so that you can, you know what target to hit and, you know, where um, and all that the good stuff. There's a lot of data that we just don't know that we have. So FractalDev.com, FractalDev.com, you do staffing, you do enterprise, you do mobile. What does mobile mean to our listeners? When you say you do mobile, is that – I don't even know. Well, actually, nowadays with um, the responsive uh, design, um, your, what, what is on your desktop can now be resized uh, automatically yep. to fit your tablet and your mobile phones. So that's one aspect of um, mobile. Then uh, you got your apps, right, which are, you know, the interactive, the games, the calculations, sure. and, and pretty much anything. And, you know, the difference between the two is, is really, um, you know, they, they have their uses, uh, both, and uh, it's different user experience mm-hmm. based on the real estate screen, uh, screen size. It's interesting because you and I are just finishing up the process of, you know, finalizing everything on my, my web page. And it does, you know, integrate and fit into a mobile phone pretty nice and an iPad. But the next step is let's get a mobile app going. Let's turn that, you know, into a – and maybe I'll look for some other resources to tie into it so there's a slight difference between the two, mm-hmm. the web design versus the app design. Um, but I take my time with these, and I trust you because I don't – I don't have the skill sets to like even have the eyeball of the, knowing that websites need to be refitted versus a five-inch screen versus a six-inch screen. Um, it's pretty intimidating to me. So I'm speaking with Sherbert. She, what do you do? You run? You oversee? I yes, I'm I'm the operations person. I'm, operations person. Yes. FractalDev, FractalDev.com. What type of clients typically work with you? Well, we have um, companies and uh, individuals who want to save money. We have uh, startups. And uh, we have uh, companies who want to try the outsourcing model. The outsourcing model. Is that the advantage of the Philippines is that it's not California wage control and, you know, the oversights that that are expensive to do business in California? Well, that's definitely coming into play uh, more and more so. Um, The the advantage also is because, you know, the, the standard of living is 
a lot cheaper over there and okay. wages. So, so that the damage, the cost of damage is passed on to you. When we learned about the typhoon in the Philippines, uh, as a financial guy, I did a lot of research in the Philippines. And Philippines are pretty nice. It's a pretty nice place to live, cost of living-wise. Absolutely. Um, it's very tech-savvy. Um, you know, it's, it's a lovely tropical paradise, but it's also very tech-savvy. Uh, what are you seeing happening in the Philippines these days as far as, you know, businesses moving there and setting up shop? Absolutely. The Philippines has been, uh, God, growing in leaps and bounds in terms of being the destination for BPO outsourcing. And the government is very, very friendly in terms of offering incentives for businesses to set up over there. And, uh, you know, we've been working on the infrastructure improvement of that to make it friendly. Is the infrastructure there? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. I mean, gosh, you know, we've got some of the, uh, the bigger call centers located there. What's the advantages of working with a team? Because I can tell you one of the disadvantages, 12 hours difference. Right. And uh, as you're going to work, I'm going to bed. And as you're going to bed, I'm going to work. So. But you can think of that as an advantage because you, you put all your plans together yep. in, and you put all your information together while you're sleeping. We're working on it. When That's you correct. wake up, we have something for you. So, you know, it's not a disadvantage if, if you don't look at it that way. It is an advantage because, you know, you give us the information. And you got, got it. We've got 30 to 45 seconds, roughly. Anything that we need to know that we have to know about Fractal Dev, FractalDev.com? We offer the ultimate customer service. We believe in making our clients happy, and we'll do whatever, you know, to, and we stand behind our work. Some contact information? Um, info at FractalDev.com or our Skype number 510-936-8906. Thanks very much. That's sure. Gala. FractalDev.com. It's FractalDev.com. We'll talk about that and more, why I'm doing that. Here's Rob Black and your money. And that's our Bloomberg Market Minute. I'm not excited, but should I be? AM 1220, KDOW. Is this the fate that half of the world's planned for me? I know I love you. Welcome in. You love I'm Black, and my name is Rob Black. I'm just speaking with one of the owners of the company that developed my new webpage. Still has a couple kinks in it, but it's getting there. I'm Sherbert Gala with FractalDev.com, FractalDev.com. It's one of those small businesses that's, it's a small business. And it's, I applaud anyone who starts their own business. I applaud anyone who gives someone a job. Um, it's not easy. Um, as a small business owner myself, I could tell you that, you know, uh, it kind of makes you crazy developing your own, you know, rental scheme, your own employee scheme, your own bonus scheme. So, um if you need a website built, an app built, consider reaching out to FractalDev.com, FractalDev.com, and give them a chance. The cost advantage is working with someone in the Philippines, significant to working with someone based in the United States, significant. So FractalDev.com, it's FractalDev.com, and uh, she couldn't be a sweeter person. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony, I gave a speech yesterday, and you don't have to give the right answer here. Maybe you can. But I was talking to the millennials, I was talking to the baby boomers, I was talking to Gen Xers. 
And um, somewhere between an old millennial and a young boomer, it's like 32, 33, guy comes up to me and says, uh, how can I afford a home? What, what does it take for me to afford a home? And he's not a Googler. So he didn't get, you know, millions of stock options. He's not a Facebooker with stock mm-hmm. options. When you do your loans right now, when you put people in homes, how many of them are the average person who's making 100000 And maybe his wife is making sixty to 100000 Um Because I can't do the math to make that add up to a single-family home yeah, in the and, area. And what, what, what I've seen more often is uh, the people who are making, you know, the average income are carrying over average debt. And that's really what's hurting a lot of the first-time home buyers is that you have to make twice as much money to cover your debt on a monthly basis. For example, if you have a $500 car payment, you have to make almost about $1,100 more a month just to wipe that clean so that you can clear your slate for a mortgage payment uh, because it's called those debt ratios that everybody's concerned about. And those are going to be um, shrinking next year. So right now is the best time to buy a house. I, hate, I mean, It's kind of late in the, in the uh, scenario, but... Next year, yeah, those, uh, those ratios yeah. are going to drop even more. Let me so. ask you the question again. Sure. And again, you don't have to answer it right now, but how does someone who is pulling in a household income of between 160 and 200 afford a home in the Bay Area? What does it look like? Because in it's my expensive, Rob. In my speech, I said, you know, I bought a home five years ago. It was 900 thousand. It's worth, you know, one, two now or something. But my neighbor bought the same size, same square footage for one four, um, and I'm like, they had the advantage of his four hundred thousand dollar a year salary. Mm-hmm. Um, he runs a company, pays himself big profits. Um, I'll, I'll say it in one word: sacrifice. Yeah, I mean, you're going to either have to sacrifice driving really far. Yeah, you're going to have to sacrifice your retirement because it's all going to go into your house. Let's start with the first one. Um, okay, you can't sacrifice your retirement because you got to got to. Pay yourself from sixty to a hundred. Um, distance, I was like, don't ever buy in Tracy. Like, I think that's the, I think that's a huge mistake because, yes, I think the peninsula is overpriced, but yes, I think Tracy's overpriced without the jobs. The peninsula has the jobs. Tracy has for that kind of quality neighborhood with that kind of quality jobs, which isn't that great. That's the problem. The jobs there yeah. can't support high. I mean, there's, there's a very good chance that a lot of people are going to have to wait. I'm, I, I have some. Papers that I brought, I brought some notes from my last show about first-time home buyers. Their share is dropping. It's going to drop in places like the Bay Area significantly because the the average price here in the Bay Area is over five hundred thousand, and you need to make you know, almost six digits in order to, to qualify for that. You, a do lot of, fly, you do need to make six digits. Yeah, you need you need to make it. As a you know, household incomes um, are doing well, but a lot of people are that have household incomes, which is dual incomes, have children too. That and that's almost a whole payment in itself. Well, I was a little shocked. From a, I was talking baby uh, Gen Xer to Gen Xer, and she has a pretty good job, and he is a stay-at-home dad. And I'm like, how do you pull that off in the Bay Area on one salary with a home? And she says, we got a lot of that. Yeah. It goes back to sacrifices again. You might have to buy a condo. You might have to buy something smaller just to be in the area so you don't have to drive. Well, what I was going to say before you jumped all over me was that um, her kids are like five and eight. I'm like, he needs oh, to go back gosh. to work. Like, I get to stay at home until 5 or yeah. 6, but this point in time, he's got to be doing something part-time. Uh, even Home Depot, which is our lowest case scenario of, you know, slightly better than minimum wage job, health care benefits, uh, group health care benefits, which are actually pretty good. Um, anything to keep cash flow coming in. Uh, she said, well, I got a lot of debt. I'm like, you're a baby. You're a Jackson. You can't have a lot of debt. 
Like, my debt is pretty clean, all things considered. Yeah, there's mortgage debt, and it's six figures. But it's not credit card debt. It's not grocery debt. It's, uh, I don't get it. And it's, that's the thing that continues to scratch my head. And for you to say the sacrifices, I think you're also taking not only sacrifices so you can own something, but you're taking risks that you might not be able to sell for what you paid in the future, or you're taking risks that it may take you longer to sell in the future, or the risk that higher interest rates would really make that, that condo townhouse unattractive. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of risk been taken out, a lot of speculations out of the market right now because we're hitting peaks, and, we are, and we're seeing projections of very slow growth even through 2018. Um, so I wouldn't be getting in the market. I wouldn't even consider it if you are uh, doing it as speculation or don't like risk. Um, and it has to be long-term. I think a lot of people forget that real estate is long-term. It's not just for a second type of retirement plan, you know, so that you can have a, a house paid off and have some equity down the road and maybe move it up. Um, I, I think sacrifice is the best way to answer your question, Rob. Yeah, and something I was talking to, um, I mean, I'm always fascinated when I talk to groups of people because I'm like, yeah, you know, um, rental properties are okay, but they're not really as attractive as they sound. They sound fantastic. Hey, someone else is going to be paying your mortgage. But it doesn't always work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and one bad renter creates ten gr- – one bad year of a renter is like ten years of a great renter. They, they offset each other. Yeah. Um, the cost, like I know my renter, she's been there for six years, and it's been awesome. I know that when she goes, there's going to be a lot of costs associated with it, of new paint, uh, clean the floors. I just recently did a power wash of the building, um, probably some landscaping questions because she was an, she's an elderly woman who's retiring. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm stunned well, at how many people That's actually a, another way to look at getting into real estate is just if you have uh, the, the down payment, but you can't make the payments, you can't afford or qualify for that owner-occupied payment, Buy rental and have the the rents offset the debt. Consider a rental. Consider. Yeah. Um, if that's your scenario. And, again, someone came up to me at the event and was like, uh, so I want to buy a rental. I'm like, okay, so you know it's a liability, right? So, and he's like, everyone, everyone approaches it like it's an asset, except for financial planners who know it's a liability that becomes an attractive asset over time. But it is truly an ugly duckling to start with that ultimately becomes pretty hot. Anyhow, anyway, it's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me, Rob Black, here 7 to 9 a.m. every day on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money's not that difficult. And I gave a speech at a kind of stodgy financial institution yesterday. And what was nice about it was that afterwards, a lot of people came up to me and said, you know, kind of stodgy here. And just someone use the F word, or you see someone talk about 
the number one thing, most important thing that you could do is max out this or that, it was nice. Um, that's a pretty big compliment. Like, for instance, one of the things I learned in my recent research is that baby boomers are different than Gen Xers, but really the big difference is Gen Xers to millennials. Because the millennials, in my opinion, have only seen negative times. The 2000s. One in three of them live at home. One in four of them is unemployed or underemployed. Um, they've seen the banking scandal, and they don't trust banks. And that, to me, is sad. I mean, that was the saddest thing that I saw, and the toughest thing that I have to market towards is that at this company, it's a pretty generous benefit scenario. Automatically, you're enrolled for a 3% match in your 401k. Automatically, after three years, you get 6% cash put into an account. That's 9%. And you hear me say regularly, you need to save 15, 15 to 20% of your money for retirement. Because you work from age 20 to 100, and I was 20 to 60, and I was trying to give some perspective. The perspective that I found and that I thought was pretty good was that, from, let's say you make $100,000 a year, your total earnings in your lifetime is $4 million. Again, that's really static, right? Because you'll get wage inflation, you'll get, you know, inflation fighting against your dollars. So $4 million may sound like a lot, but in 30, 40 years, it's not. And I say at retirement, you need 10 to 20 times your salary. So what I'm saying in the same formula, if you make $100,000 on a static argument, that you need somewhere between one to two million dollars, but you only make four million. And then I started going through some of these concepts of like a thirty thousand dollar wedding, chomp chomp chomp. I said buy a cubic zirconium ring versus a diamond ring because the girl will never know the difference, and if she does, just get her a, a, a tassel and you know a big university hat and like you're super genius woman of the year. You figured out that I saved ten thousand uh, dollars. Here, take some of it. <laughs> like. We spend crazy amounts. Every car that you buy, let's say you buy a new car every 10 years, $60,000 car, this stuff eats into your it, your income is pretty limited, all things considered. And that's why you need to start sooner rather than later. And this company, they'll match up to 6%. They give you 6% cash after three years, every year, till the day you leave. That's pretty good. Like, that's 12% of the 15% battle. And if you're doing the 6% match, you're at 18%, you're done. You don't even have to do that extra 10%. Would I like you to do that extra 9%, you know, where you're allowed to put 15% of your salary? Absolutely. But that's how you get ahead in life. That one simple thing. Take advantage of, of free money. Take advantage. Like, if I were a woman and I was good-looking, which I'm not a good-looking man, therefore I probably wouldn't be a good-looking woman, um, I'd take every free drink I can get, Right? So every free drink is, is, is one better or one more drink for that I pay for in retirement. So anyway, for these young people, I'm like, even the market goes up 7 out of 10 years, the market makes all-time highs on a yearly basis over 40% of the time. It goes up year over year, 65% of the time. Um, Since 1927, the stock market's been higher than the previous year, 65% of the time. The market's made a new all-time high 41% of the time. If you look at the calendar since 1926, 63 up years, 23 down years. That's 74% up. That's like the Giants coming up to plate and seven hits, three outs. If you do that every ten innings or every inning, you're going to win the game. It's the statistics that are the easiest, most obvious that people want to ignore and go, I can't trust Wall Street. I can't trust him. And yet, here's the great thing. The millennials trust Robert Kiyosaki and Donald Trump. And that's the tragedy that is true of our time because they're looking for the easy solution. 
I don't know, they're looking for the easy solution. They're looking for the solution that works. And they don't trust the banking solution, and that's the sad part. Some of them did. Um, I hope they did. Uh, I think one of the things that rang truest at that group was I talked about how what I did wrong in my millennials was I took a girlfriend to Miami. I did five-star resort vacations where you don't need five-star resort vacations. You really, really don't. But, you know, when you live on the East Coast and the West Coast, there's a lot of easy ways to part money. Um, one of the things I did right in my 20s was I had a used car during all of my 20s that I had no car payment on. Um, difference between me and someone who has a car payment, you know, that's $6,000 a year minimum probably. If it's $500 monthly payment. So that 6000 becomes twelve, becomes 24 becomes 48 becomes 96 becomes $200,000 before I retire because I didn't have a car payment. Um, you know, so the, the odd things that I was mentioning, Tony, was I talked about how laundry detergent. Have you ever touched laundry detergent? It's liquid or powder? Liquid. It's, in, it's incredibly powerful. Yes. Um, everyone should cut their laundry detergent in half with water. Um, there's no reason not to. I think you've got a bug on your neck. What is that? Oh, you got it. So, um, it might be in your shirt now because you knocked it off. It'll be a good show then. Probably better than it already is, right? Um, (laughs) I don't do hot water rinses on my my dishwasher. I don't do hot water in my laundry. I wash on delicate. Because I was like, if I just did a 10K mutter, you know what a mutter is? Mutter is these trails that you can go out on, and they, they throw water in them, and you and, like, 2,000 other people. Oh, mudders. Mudders. I think I said mutters. I, I do pr- double enunciate mutters. So, um, you know, my clothes aren't that dirty. I'm not six years old. Grass stains. You remember grass stains on your jeans on your mom would just be, ah. Oh. So, it's time in It's com. Technically, you're, I think, you're a boomer. By like one year. Yeah. And I'm an extra by like two years. 66. Yeah. How's that feel to be a boomer? Old. <laughs> feel like I should be retiring. You know, one of the advices that I had for the boomers was, you may have to retire in another state. And they looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, okay, a million dollars here versus a million dollars in Florida. No income tax, no property tax, no sales tax. Um, and I, did, I didn't say that sales tax because I don't know about Florida, but... A million dollars in California is really only $800,000 because of sales tax and income tax. And they looked at me like I was crazy. So some people just, I could see Texans wanted to die in Texas, but not me. Something about Californians, though, they, they like living in California and they make sacrifices to stay here. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the amenities of being a Californian. You want to stay here. Okay. I'm with you. So what are you seeing out there right now as far as uh, seniors and some of the real estate issues? Or boomers, as I'll call them in real estate issues. Issues with seniors? What is get, it? Yeah, do you get discount movie tickets? Yeah. Are you saying boomers are seniors now? Yeah. You're, I'm in that category. Yeah. Good for, good for me. Well, thanks, Rob. You're not quite you're, there. You're two years younger than I am. You're not quite there, but you're getting close. Um, Seniors, okay, well, a, a lot of people, you know, as a senior, and you're retiring. You're, no, no, your last couple of clients, the last time you saw someone who was 60 or over, what was their issue? Well, the fixed income. Fixed income? Yeah, the, the fixed income and, and limited buying power. Uh, shoot, I re- there's many things. I had one senior that was um, 
the, the one of the spouses was doing a self-employed business where they were making jewelry, just kind of a hobby, but they were losing money. And that, we, that goes against the fixed income they're making. And they have yeah. to make, it goes as a debt. And they have to make twice as much in order to cover that. So, and, and they actually had a difficult time qualifying. Um, I think that's probably the biggest issue that seniors have is that they have on a, retired seniors is that they have a fixed income and there's no leeway at all. And it's it's just a static number. There's no creativeness. I got contacted by a senior recently. Who? <coughs> excuse me. She's not quite a senior. She's got three or four years left in work. But that's to me kind of a senior. Um, and she said, yeah, me and my son are going to buy, I want to say a trailer. Um, and she gave the location. It was a good location, like Burlingame. So, I mean, some trailers are nice, and some are better than others for sure. And uh, she said, so should I do it now or should I do it when I retire? I'm like, well, when you retire, you have no income. Or your income's greatly reduced, so you're going to qualify for a lot less. And that was her answer. But I don't know. Yeah, these, there's a... One of the things that I've been talking about lately on my show, which I do on Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, um, is portfolio lenders. A lot of, and these are lenders that do Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, kind of out-of-the-box Fannie Freddie loans. And there's a huge list of all these different kind of products that they do, and one's called asset depletion. And they're extremely, we, have, we use one lender that's extremely aggressive on the calculations that they use. So in, um, if a senior does have a small fixed income, but they have assets, you can do what they call an asset depletion. It doesn't mean you're going to take your assets out. It just means that they calculate, oh, we could draw a certain amount over a period of time. That equates into an income. We could use that for qualifying. So there are ways that people, seniors that have assets with limited fixed income to still qualify for loans. So the market's opening up in that respect, Rob. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. I could listen to this all day long. No, I'm sure you could. Asset depreciation schedules? Asset depletion. Asset depletion schedules. Yeah. There will be a quiz. There is a difference between depreciation and depletion. Mm-hmm. I should know that. So, With that said, 70% of old people are still supporting their adult children. And when I say old people, baby boomers. That's weird, right? 70% of them. Like, let's just, let's skew it in that your parents aren't baby boomers, but could you imagine if they were still supporting you and your brothers? A lot more people are moving back home, Rob. I so don't ever want to do that. You might have to. No. I might have to? Yeah. Do not say that. I'm rich. It might become. It, it might be something about wanting to help your mother. I'm the or... king of the Bay Area. I am not moving back home. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. If you want to drop me an email, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. If you want to comment on the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800 800- Five one six twelve twenty. Get minute. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. There's a website out there called Living to 100, the life expectancy calculator. It's something that you should do because that'll give you a 
kind of concept of how long you're going to have to live in retirement. There's a difference between retiring at 62 versus 70. If you retire at 70, you'll need a lot less retirement money than if you retire at 62. 62 to 70, let's call it seven, eight years. Let's call it, you know, $50,000. That's $350,000 plus dollars, right? So that's the difference between 72 or 62 and 72. 62 and 70. So there's a website called livingto100.com, and it'll kind of give you an idea. Keep in mind, I continue to pound on this concept that we work from age 20 to 60, and then we live off our assets from 60 to 100. For Generation Xers and for Millennials, we're not really counting on Social Security. Financial planners don't really calculate it in. To us, the financial planning community, we look at 60 to 100 in Social Security as, eh, it's kind of like tip money. It's nice to have a little extra you know, pocket change, but it is pocket change. So there's one website for you to play with today called livingto100.com. Another one is ssa.gov, socialsecurityadministration.gov. There's a calculator there that will tell you roughly how much they're going to pay you, that you can be expected, but it's a calculator and it's not perfect. Calculators sometimes take, fail to take in where you live, inflation, other such important issues. There's an app that I've recently been playing with that I kind of want you to play with if you get a chance. It's called the Forbes Lifetime Financial Planner. Um, it talks about replacing 80% of your income in retirement. Um, what that means, a lot of common assumptions financially. It's helping you calculate the optimum amount to save and spend going forward. Again, it's not it's not cra- angry birds. I almost said crazy birds. <laughs> crazy angry birds. Ooh, patent that. Patent that. Um, so it's not fun. You know, Mint.com, whenever I update my finances and I take a look at how much I have in savings and my home and loans, it's like, oh, will I ever be worth $100 million? And so far, Mint says, no. <laughs> Another app, website, website, website out there uh, that I legally can't give specific advice out of context, context meaning I need to know your age, your income, assets, liabilities, time frame, experience, suitability, goals, things like that. Um, special provisions like children who are in wheelchairs. Um, but there's a website out there called Morningstar.com that has an x-ray tool that's free for two weeks. If you were to take your retirement assets and put it in, you'd have a pretty good idea of how are you doing for retirement. When can you expect to retire on your expectations of for income? Um I don't know. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The Morningstar.com, it's two free weeks trial, and you just basically hit the portfolio button or the portfolio tab, and you'll kind of figure it out. Other websites that I find important but not terribly important, 529 uh, for your children, your college-bound uh, children. Savingforcollege.com is a good site. Savingforcollege.com is a pretty good site for if you want to learn about 529s and funding your 549 for your child's college education. It's a great idea, but I don't think everyone needs to do it. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Any websites or apps that you've located, found that you feel more comfortable with? I mean, Zillow is always fun in the real estate world. For, yeah, real estate, Zillow is fun. Um, there's actually some really good stuff on Zillow. People give it a lot of uh, pretty hard time because their valuations were so far off for so long. But they have a lot of really good market data uh, talking about rents. You can find rental properties. 
Um, you can find what your home values were in the past. You can find out what your house sold for many times over. Um, I like Zillow. There's some good websites if you don't know much about real estate and you're getting into it. I like mortgageprofessor.com, mtgprofessor.com. That's a great website. It's done by a professor out of Michigan. Um, U.S. Uh, I see IRS.gov. If you have any questions about taxes uh, on a rental property, for example, um, let's say you take uh, equity line out of your property and you don't know how much of the interest you want to write off or can write off. You can go and find all of those answers at um, IRS.gov. There's so many. Rob, there's, and, and that's what's the problem about the real estate industry is there's so many websites that are just trying to sell you something. Um, I would just try to limit it to the, the basics and then talk to professionals. It's so tough. Anything else that we need to talk about while we're running through these topics? Um, the credit. Okay. I think that's an issue that a lot of people kind of avoid. Annualcreditreport.com. Annualcreditreport.com. I think you should also subscribe to the, what's the thing that you use on your phone? Oh, uh, the app. Credit Karma. Credit Karma is a great uh, tool that you can use, and it'll monitor your credit. It'll tell you if somebody's uh, pulling your credit, um, uh, and it will help you run scenarios to see how you can improve your score. Uh, just cre- credit in general is something that people just don't talk about that often. It's kind of like taboo, but I, it should be the opposite. Yeah, it's something that I talk to the millennials about, um, and I talk to the X is slightly different, and I talked to the boomer slightly different. Uh, CFP Chad Burton has a client that he found. The client, clients, married couple. Um, the female was a big spender right before retirement, and only figured it out via you know pulling a credit report that was tied towards something innocuous. And he's like, "Oh, my world just changed. My wife is lying to me or misleading me." Um, there's another one where I say in your twenties, you should have a nice night where you have a $20 bottle of wine, and you get a little liquored up, and you pull your credit reports, and you print yours, he prints his, and you swap credit <laughs> reports, and you start looking at it, because it has your addresses on it. Yep. You didn't tell me you lived at Long Island Penitentiary. <laughs> was that a nice, was that a summer home? You know, you could find out the jobs they've had. You could find out, why did they miss four payments in a row? Um... It's actually, I think, yeah. a real thing to show. Bankruptcies, uh, foreclosures, repos, things like that. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget to listen to CFP Chad Burton's show live today from 1 to 2. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. How are you? Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't be shy. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Or call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I saw something recently that caught my eye, and I ultimately thought maybe I'd share that with you. And it's tied towards the concept of Facebook, where it is getting more eyeballs at this point in time than ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox put together for younger people. Now, this is important to note that, you know, I clearly say younger people in large part because, well, okay, I was talking to 20-somethings recently, millennials, and I started figuring out, like, what are dumb things that I spent money on in my 20s? 
And then, you know, I started, like, you know, putting this list together. And it was, I was actually kind of embarrassed on everything that I've done poorly and incorrectly. Um, got married seven years ago. Got divorced six years ago. Probably $30,000 wedding honeymoon combination. Maybe 20000 kind of thing. Um, buying a car every five to seven years. Uh, flying to Miami with a girlfriend. Um, who didn't become the wife, flying to New York, going to a couple shows. I started adding up all the things that I do, and I was trying to, like, come up with a plan on how do you scold younger people today from doing that kind of stuff. And, again, it's stunning, like New Year's Eve parties, where you'd spend 200 to $500 as a couple, and you'd basically walk away with almost nothing, all things considered, other than a hell of a good night. So... And that list can go on and on and on and on and on on and on and on and on about the way we do things incorrectly. And that ties into Facebook now reaching more young people each day than the four biggest TV networks combined. And that should tell you, like, advertisers, they know that young people will do stupid stuff. They know that they'll spend money. If you advertise for this New Year's Eve, rockin' DJ comes to the Cow Palace... Ooh, rockin' DJ. I like him. He's really good. We should go. And you're like, okay, whatever you want, honey. I'll do whatever you want. Just get off my back. Kind of thing. So, it is important to see how successful they're doing. And they are doing wildly successful in that, you know, one basic concept that I'm talking about. You know, looking at some other issues that people do in their 20s. I don't know if this is cool of me to say or not, but a lot of boob jobs. Like, you're not seeing a lot of 40-year-old women do that. It's not really the 30-year-olds. Some maybe, but a lot of 20-year-olds, right? Um, what are some of the other things that, you know, could be chastised out about? How about my season tickets to hockey? In my 20s, season tickets to hockey, right? So Facebook can now go to hockey teams and say, hey, look, we know that, you know, these guys are impulsive in their 20s and they'll buy stupid stuff. Like a whole season. Do you know how much you hate hockey after like four games? Not to say 41 games where you're paying for park and you're paying for drive and you're paying for alcohol. Um, and that stuff adds up. I mean, they may not make money on the tickets, but they definitely make money on the beer. Um, and I know that's considering ridiculous that I'm saying it. Another mistake you make in your 20s is no prenup. Another mistake you make is jewelry. Uh, jewelry is expensive. So, expensive wines and dinners. When I first got to the Bay Area, probably about six to 15 years ago, before I moved here, I, I went to do a radio show, and afterwards, a couple of people were like, let's go to dinner. And it was the first, like, $600 dinner for three or four people that I'd ever been to that just, like, rocked me. Uh, you could live in New York and go to a great dinner for 20 bucks. Um, but you could also go in New York to a great dinner that's, you know, Easily $150 for a preset meal kind of thing. Um, in your 20s, the biggest mistake I think you make is you think that you're not going to get hurt. You drink and drive. You, I mean, maybe things have changed a little bit because the difference between my generation and the generation beneath me now is that, like, my parents gave me Captain Crunch and said, go watch TV. Whereas in the last 10 years, it's become very uncool to give your kids sugar. So I've got a neighbor who gives out uh, pencils at, Christmas, at Halloween. Pencils? 
And then the guy has the audacity. I love this. He tells his daughter, okay, pick out three pieces of candy because the candy witch is going to come and get the rest of your candy tonight. He has the concept of a candy witch. A candy witch. That kid's going to end up killing her dad one day. Um, so, yeah, boob jobs. I actually heard a story about a woman who was going to get kind of an intimate part touched up. And I'm like, no one cares. Like, are we that vain of a society? Talked about other mistakes that you could make in your 20s. is like uh, breaking a tooth. Like dental insurance, no matter any way you look at it, even if you have great dental insurance, even the best dental insurance you could have is become best friends with the dentist. And then you get your dental care done for free maybe, or maybe have like a, a good swap where you have a vacation rental or you could say, hey, let's swap services. Uh, home price is up 116% from 1996 to 2006, but it ended bad. So that was one of the things that I was surprised with about the generation millennials, Tony. Uh, one of the things was we talked about credit card rewards. And I take my credit card rewards and I cash them out into cash. And this one woman was like, well, I cash my out for clothes. I'm like, so you're going to buy something that lasts about a year and falls apart. The style will become old and inundated, and I'm going to have lots of money in retirement. So there's a difference of just how you look at it, you know. Um, your credit card rewards aren't really rewards if you're buying stupid stuff. I don't know. Like, I've got a Banana Republic card that I use anytime I do Banana Republic, but it's because they'll send me discounts for 40% off, not because of the reward points. So, Yeah, I thought it was more interesting, too, that not a lot of people use them. I've, I've heard your show Six, when you talk about like 16 billion, billion yeah, go uh, uh, people, and not only that, some of the terms change. Yeah, that you could have a, what a thousand dollars in com- or points, and then all of a sudden that could be five hundred because the lender can change your terms. Yeah, that's very very common. That's why you want to cash out your rewards on a regular basis and not just go. I'm going to let them accumulate ten billion points and I'm going to go to Hawaii. And the next thing you know, they revalue a point is no longer two dollars. A point is thirty three cents. Yeah, um, in your hose. So anyway, this was the one that got me. <laughs> I love this one. Is I ask people to raise their hands if they buy sliced fruit. People raise their hands. I'm like, you're paying someone to slice fruit for you? How lazy are you? I said, raise their hands if they bought bottled water. And they raise their hands. I'm like, you guys need to stop raising your hands. Because we have a great water source in San Mateo County. Great water source, the Hapachi. Um, it's incredibly, be- unbelievably delicious water. Um, and people pay for water in plastic. I'm like, that makes no sense. Um, lots of money. I use one of those Brita filters I mean, every day. You know, the one that really shocked me, though, was I asked people, how many of you buy shaved Parmesan or shredded Parmesan or shredded cheese? People raise their hands. I'm like, you are so lazy that you can't even shred your own. Double the cost. Mm-hmm. That's when I'll do it for you. So, and then I said, you know, one more regret that I have in my 20s is that I used to pay someone to like, give me massages. Like, you know, 90 bucks an hour for 90 bucks for 80 minutes and that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'll come to your house and do it for 60. And I was like, I'll do you men, women, I don't care. I'll come to your house and rub you. It's a ridiculous concept if you think about it. Anyhow, and anyway, you're this Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Nearly 3 billion people in the world are online. Global Internet population. It's not a teeter-totter where it's barely going up. It's, it's ramping up pretty aggressively. Um, so that's about half the, half the population of the world. So we've got half the population of the world yet to go. Most of the money is already online. Distribution of global income, i.e. people with salaries, 83% of them are online. There's a lot of data to be gleaned by presentations out there. New media, dwarfing old media as far as market valuations go. What's that mean? If you were to add up what Disney, Comcast, Time Warner, Time Warner, Cable, Viacom, CBS, 21st Century Fox, and you were to buy the companies, $480 billion. If you were to add up Apple, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Yahoo, and others, you'd need over a trillion dollars to buy them. That's weird. That's not quite AOL buying Time Warner, as happened many, many, many years ago. And, you know, the Facebook valuation is one thing. You know, and we've already talked about how they've got more eyeballs than ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox put together of young people every evening. But the media platforms really aren't that rich yet on social. Some of them are, some of them are. But my dentist, for instance, he recently did a Facebook ad for a whole city. A whole city of Facebook users targeted at Facebook users in one city for 10 bucks. Um, yeah, it's pretty cheap. I've, I've played a little around a little bit, you know, advertised my podcast. And here's the beauty of it. I probably would have paid 100 to play around with it. So they could raise their prices pretty significantly. So Facebook has something going for them for sure. But, yeah, if you actually take the time and look at some of the new media versus old media and valuations on it, a lot of the new media doesn't actually pay for content. Whereas a lot of the old media still has to develop a pilot. They still have to get it produced, distributed. Now, like, you know, Amazon's doing some original programming. Netflix is doing some original programming. Facebook's really not. Yahoo barely is. So, anyway, trends are very important. And one of the bigger trends on it right now, I think, is multiple screens. It's... You know, like I said earlier in the show, my website was originally designed for a desktop. And I need an app. I need a Rob Black app. There is a Rob Black app out there. It's basically just the radio show. That's not good enough. Um, and if you bought it basically for the radio show, the podcast of it, it's not, I'm, I didn't push it. I never, you know, tried to make money off of it. I get a check every, you know, three months for like 20 bucks when 50 units are sold. It's like I'm not making hand over fist. And the cost of hosting a site to, um, you know, send out distribution of content. It's, it's a lot more expensive than I'm making. Uh, but long story short, multiple devices, multiple screens. I still haven't done the two-screen experience purely. Like, I know with Walking Dead, you can go to Talking Dead or AMC's Walking Dead, and with your iPad while you're watching it live, there's something that's happening that explains. I, don't, I haven't figured that out yet. If you have, drop me a line, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. So connected devices are going to get uh, higher and higher penetrations. Tablets, smart TVs, and wearables. One of the things that I was you know, intrigued by seeing recently is people are cutting costs on content from the traditional players, the cable companies. People are willing to do apps for Netflix, 
for Amazon. They're willing to get apps into their TV. Um, so wearable smart TVs and tablets all got the, the best growth going forward. Personal computers and flattened smartphones are still ramping up, but we've only yet to begin to see the growth of tablets, smart TVs, and wearables. If you get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls on the air, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, there was another story out there that I found interesting today, and this one was tied towards the number of commercials that our children see on McDonald's. 253 commercials a year. Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. That's as far as I can go on that stupid commercial. Brandon, wake up. Hold the pickle. Oh. Loving it. YouTube the hold the pickle. It's 254 now. Yeah. Well, how many kids? <laughs> so, you know the number two on the list? And don't look. Of fast food joints branding towards children? It's got to be some sort of burger joint. Subway. And that's only at 81 times. Like, Subway, I, I guess there's a lot of commercials on Subway. I didn't know. Domino's comes in at number three. Burger King, number four. Pizza at number five. You always have a little respect with Arby's coming in in 10th, but then again, I've eaten at Arby's. You know that, that road trip where you need gas, and you're just hoping maybe there's something semi-fresh in food? Something like even a taqueria would be hand-trump, you know, hand-paper-scissors-stone. Would Trump over Arby's, and all they have is Arby's. The only thing worse is like just KFC. When you're in the mood for not having KFC, because if you're on a long road trip, you can't eat KFC. If you know what I'm saying? It's too greasy. It goes right through you. I love Arby's. Do you? Absolutely. You and I are very different. I'm a food. You know, East Coast Arby's are a little bit different than West Coast. Really? You can actually buy beer in a Arby's in Richmond. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Really fancy, actually. Fancy. They, go to, they take. Do you, do you and your wife take their their dates there? Do you and your wife wear tuxedos and, and prom dresses yeah. together? Ooh, fancy! <laughs> you pass the pl- uh, the plastic salt and pepper. Anyone from Richmond, Virginia knows what I'm talking about. But you're not from Richmond. I'm not from Richmond. Just so everyone knows, um, China announced something interesting. Uh, they're going to loosen their policy on one baby. So, but one and a half. I don't know. But what's interesting about that is, I was telling the millennials yesterday versus the Xers, and it's so fun when you actually have the different groups in front of you. Everything I spent in my millennial years, my 20s, and it's not quite the same thing, but you could add yet, but everything I spent in my 20s, it was stupid. I got nothing to prove of it. It's like I don't even have this dumb T-shirt from Mexico. I don't have any of it. I don't have a big Mexican blanket. I don't have a sombrero. But everything you spend on money on in your 20s is basically trash. And then you make a baby, and suddenly you're starting to spend stuff on, like, a house that has some retaining value. You start spending money on, like, uh, one of the greatest pieces of investment advice I ever gave was buy fruit trees. I pull off easily $100 of fruit off lemons, limes, and uh, oranges from my trees in my yard. Um, total cost of the trees, 15 bucks. So, okay, the water's there. There's that cost for sure, but... Um, I don't know. That's the difference between millennials. Everything you spend is just trash. And the, the X's, everything you basically spend are like, I hate life. I'm going to plant a fruit tree. I don't want to see my wife anymore. Go away. So and you stomp around like an elephant outside. and uh, But it retains some value. And at least you're not going to Happy New Year, you know, 
at, in Anaheim. Come to Anaheim for a rockin' DJ New Year's Eve. Like, I hate that stuff. You know, one of my best pieces of advice is if you ever pay for a beer at a ball game, you're Warren Buffett. You're rich. You're the king of England. So I, I, I strongly endorse flasks. Isn't that hair horrible of me? <laughs> it's, it's radio. Can't just shake your head. It's Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. BayAreaLoanSource.com. Listen to the CFP Chad Burton's new Focus on Wealth show today from 1 to 2 here on KDOW 1220. I drive a Rolls And your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money, I'm Rob Black. One thing that you want to do when you're heading towards retirement is start consolidating some of your far-flung accounts. You may have four or five accounts that you've opened up. Some of them are smaller and you ignore it, and you're just like, I'll get to it later. And now later, suddenly you're 50-plus and knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knocking on. I'm not going to go there. Um, you want to start pruning some of your stocks? You know, you can't go into retirement with like 75 stocks. Some people do. You want to look into Social Security. You want to work on plan B in case you haven't saved enough. You want to be very, very realistic as you get a little bit older. Debt, as far as credit card debt, is horrific for all people, but especially for seniors. I would never take Social Security early. I think at this point in time, the mathematics say there's a good chance that you live till 90. If you're in good health, if you're in bad health, take Social Security early. You know, it's not that simple. Obviously, this is a discussion that you want to have with a loved one and someone who financially knows you. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. If you wait seven years, you get a 70% increase in your Social Security. If you live till 92, 93, you'll be happy you did that. If you're starting to save for retirement at 35, which is a lot of you, and you want to retire in 27 years, i.e. 62 years old, you need to save 35% of your pay. If you want to retire at age 70, you need to save 11%. So part of this whole longevity question is part of your decision on how you save. I spoke with some millennials recently, and I referred to your 20s as not practice time. It's your life. A lot of what people do in their 20s focus in on how they look at the world and will really play out on how they do their 30s and 40s. I started a business in my 20s. Um, I sacrificed relationships. I sacrificed comfort. I wanted to grow a business. Um, I'm not the end-all, be-all entrepreneur of anything, but I will say that uh, 20s isn't practice. Like, if you're 
working in a low-paying job in your 20s, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be working in a low-paying job in your 30s. So I would prefer you say, I'm going to go back to school so I can get a high-paying job versus thinking, eh, it may turn out for me. You know what? Someone may find me and love me and endorse me and, and make me an executive at a company. I'm just waiting for the day that Larry Page comes into this radio station, grabs our board up and says, I'm going to make you the chief technology officer. I'm going to make you pay you six figures and give you a lush office and beautiful maidens to rub your back. Like, when you're in your 20s, you gotta go. You got to go for it. You can't sit there and wait. So, agree, disagree. I agree. Tony Mendez Bay, com. So, um, this will be right up your tree. I believe in establishing credit early. Opening a bank account for your kid in their name that maybe he'll bank there for his whole life. And I think that's an okay thing to do. I don't think it's horrible. You don't have to have a ton of money in it. But it's starting to teach them, hey, I got to think. Like, I remember my, one of my favorite toys as a kid was a, uh, what was it, a cash register that locked. And it's red, and it was like size of a football, maybe, or half a football. And it, every time you put money in, it would tell you 5 cents, 25 cents, 40 cents. And it would unlock at 10 bucks. And you know how much a, a steel metal cash register weighs with $10 a quarter in it? Pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy. Like, he could do some damage if he wanted to throw that thing and take people out. Um, but I, I remember the physicality of it. I remember the mathematics of it. I mean, I quickly was like, 40 more quarters? I'm going to go look in the couch. You know, I like the concept of getting a bank account for a young person. Yeah. You know, 16, 17, 18 years old, maybe. Um, but I'd rather have them establish credit earlier sure. than learn more about how to write checks, because that's really not you know, what we do anymore. Um, and, and they have more of an opportunity to ruin their credit than they have the, um, than not. So I'm not saying open a learn, account. I'm saying open a savings account. Where your savings account is, is, is more appropriate. Take your kid to the bank with you on Saturday and have them deposit 10 bucks, and you'll feel like a big shot. If, if anything, open up a, secured, uh, a bank account that ha- allows you to do a secured credit card. Yep, I agree with that. And that you know, it's hard to establish credit. That's the best way to do it. It's the best way to start when you're when you're young. It's it's kind of a catch twenty two. I want to get credit, well, you don't have any. Well, this is the best way to do it. Yeah, the secured credit card. I think all parents owe their children a right to. And that sounds crazy because some people, you know, will be like, "Well, I'm not going to pay your rent to live in San Francisco. You come live with mom and dad here." Right. A lot of parents are, are pretty, you know, I'm not going to give you a free ride. You know, and, and a secure credit card could be viewed as a free ride. Not only that, if they mess up, it's, and you can get a secure credit card for as cheap as 500 bucks in the bank. Yeah. If they screw up, it's only $500, and they learned a lesson. And it's not going to stick with them that long, but at least they, you know, they learned early. You and I, I know you but, um, had some, you learned the hard way. I learned the hard way. I, I, you, uh, even up to my 30s, I had even the smallest things, and you learn that how important it is to keep your credit clean. I learned a little bit too late, but well, it, it, it doesn't have to be that way. Right in the process of starting my company, uh, I came out of college with you know probably $6,000 of credit card debt, of which I had nothing to show for it, because everything in your 20s that you buy is stupid. It was concert tickets, probably Ticketmaster waiting to put my credit card in, it was just the beach. Could be yeah. anything. Yeah. Quick hotel. Let's put on Rob's card kind of thing. And that quickly blew into $12,000. I remember credit creditors would call, and they'd be like, can we speak to Mr. Rob Black or Robert Black? 
and everyone knows me as Rob Black. So anytime anyone on the phone asks me for as Robert, I'm like, uh oh, Robert's dead. He's not here. I've actually told the creditor that Robert Black was dead. <laughs> it didn't work. You know, it's going to be tough too when. Um, Back when we were messing around with credit cards, we didn't have a lot of online access, a lot, a lot of online purchases. Now, it's just everything is online, and it's easy to sit around at night, maybe with your friends, and you've been drinking, and you buy stuff. Um, it can be pretty crazy what you can spend online. And not only that, you, get, you can go gambling. You have friends that gamble. Oh, I can go put a credit card number in. All of a sudden, you're gambling, and you lose all the money. Uh, can you gamble with credit cards at casinos? You have to like ATM or something, right? No, you just go to the cashier and ask for cash advance. Okay. Good Not that time. I've done that. Good times. <laughs> you know, other ways of uh, saving money, and some of them are dumb, some of them are genius. Uh, I've got a friend who's got a Costco membership, and once a month he's like, hey, you want to go to Costco with me? I'm like, sure. So I don't have my own membership, but I sure as hell buy a lot of stuff when I'm there. So, um, And again, I'm not saying rip off the system because clearly Costco is benefiting from, you know, the advertising of bringing a friend in and things like that. Um, cook. Dining out's expensive. You know what's crazy expensive? It's like breakfast out. You get a bill for like three or four people for breakfast and it's like 30 or 40 bucks. And like, I could have bought, you know, eight, car- eight, eight dozen eggs. I could have bought eight pounds of bacon. Like, breakfast is not the value meal to be eating out. So, especially since the quality of food is pretty similar to what you could do at home. So, um, you know something that you've left off your list. What's that? Speaking of bacon, just staying healthy. Yeah, bacon. Okay, wait, wait. Saturated fat gets a bad rap. The fact that we started fighting saturated fats 30, 40 years ago has led to a massive spike in diabetes. So, bacon's not bad for you. It's not good for you. Eight pieces of bacon is bad for you. Bacon's but, really damn good. No doubt, right? As the comedian says, what's better than what's the only thing better than bacon? More bacon, bacon, bacon wrapped in bacon. Breakfast time. That's the sound of me at the beach with a little. This is the sound of, oil. of your head working. What do you? Oh God. Okay, another way of saving money is stop living single. Get a roommate. So, um, here's a piece of advice that I gave young people recently was go to Consumer Reports and Google reliable cars. Like, buying a good, reliable vehicle is so much better than buying something that might break down. And if Consumer Reports calls it a reliable vehicle, it doesn't mean it's going to be reliable. The way you drive it, the way you maintain it, obviously plays into the factor. But I don't think anyone ever thinks of stuff like that. In their 20s, they don't. In their 20s, they want, you know, it's practical for their lifestyle. So 20s is all about lifestyle. Um... Old fruit, as it's aging, turned into smoothies. Better than throwing away fruit. That's the number one biggest waster in America of of spoiled foods. Stuff we buy that we throw away. Um, that's kind of tragic. Maybe shop less is the right idea. I've recently gone from you know buying a pound of chicken to you know half a pound of chicken. I'm always looking for the smallest package because I don't. I don't who needs that much? So anyway, uh, and you got walking out of there. Costco with that, though. No, 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 no. no. Um, I don't think Costco is meant... There's certain things that are really good at Costco. And for instance, they've got a, a deal for restaurants where you can get $50 for 40 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. So that's 20% off, like just like that, for doing nothing other than signing up and getting it. 
Um, George Soros once said good investing is boring. Jack Bogle once said losses are reality in the market. John Templeton said don't forget about taxes. Martin Big said there are no relationships or equations that always work. Warren Buffett, be greedy when others are fearful. There's a lot of really simple, simple good advice. The Young and the Famous. Woo! DJ Rockin' Sunday night. 800-516-1220. You can find Tony at BayAreaLensource.com. You can find me at RobBlack.com. Listen to the new Focus on Wealth show today from 1 to 2. And listen to Tony's show Tuesday nights from 6 to 7. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Retirement costs tend to go up in the first five to ten years. And then it all goes downhill from there. As your health starts going down, costs still go up, but your health is going down and you're not enjoying those years of retirement. So security not good enough. You have to have supplemental income, in my opinion. Keep in mind that 7 out of 10 years, the markets are up. So typically, some of the starting points in thinking of financial planning in retirement is have three years of cash or cash equivalents to cover your costs, to cover your costs for three years, knowing that your other assets could be exposed to the market because the market goes up 7 out of 10 years. You can see how they kind of play with each other. Know that you're going to have options in retirement that will affect whether or not you succeed or fail in life. As far as do you leave a little bit of money left? Do you you know go into poverty? Uh, it's something to think about. When I'm 60, I'm going to take a look at my life insurance policies, my term lives, my, my life insurance policy tied towards businesses, where if I die, a partner gets you know a chunk of change kind of thing, or if he dies, I get a chunk of change. But when I'm 60, I'm going to look at these things because I don't know how important they're going to be to me at that point. I should have enough money saved that if I die, no one cries. Now, again, you don't want your business to be put into a situation where someone's scrambling to raise two, three, four, five million dollars to buy out your share now that you're dead, kind of thing. You don't want to put that pressure on people. So, but you you do need to review your policies. Typically, everything in your life should be reviewed every five years. My dentist recently told me that anything, any work that you had done in your mouth, it's going to go bad in ten years. So if you had a cavity, it's going to crack in 10 years. If it doesn't, year 15, it's going to blow your whole tooth open. And that's when you're going to need a root canal, and that's when you're going to start getting really expensive. So maintain your teeth every 10 years. Same thing goes with financial records. Every five years. Every five years. I've been in my house now pushing five years. Time to review the records. How much did I think I had in homeowner's insurance? How much do I have now? Have I got better couches, better artwork? Have I done any improvements that would be more costly to fix up? The answer is yes. So I have to review my insurance policies. I have to review my will and my trust. Um, take a look at your HR benefits. Sometimes you can get low-cost lawyer services for like 8 bucks a month, and you can get a trust done. A trust is going to run you four to $5,000 typically, but if your HR offers low-cost car insurance, look into it. Don't buy it, but look into it. It's not going to kill you. If your employer offers uh, legal services for a low-cost monthly rate, look into it. Now, that said, every five years, everyone should have a trust, by the way, in the state of California. If you own a house, because when you die, it's going to cost you $40,000 to have that basically looked into by lawyers to make sure that there's nothing illegal going on before they release that asset to your children or your heirs. $40,000 versus a trust at $5,000 versus a trust at $8 a month while you're working at a company. 
keep in mind you want to update that trust every five years because you will divorce, you will move on, children will die, things will happen that make that trust no longer applicable. You may move out of state and it's no longer good. So every five years. Um, what else do I have for you today? I last left off with some quotes from some famous investors. How about some more? Charles Ellis says, invest for the long run. John Neff says, do what's smart, not what's popular. Isaac Newton, markets are irrational. I agree with all those. The one that I like particularly in that one is invest for the long run. Um, I'm a distance runner. I'm not a sprinter. Like, if I'm in a situation where the mob's chasing me, they're going to get me in the first you know, quarter of a mile, or I'm going to outrun them. My goal in investing is outrunning people. I don't know if that makes any sense to you in any way, shape, or form, but I hope it does. Um, subscriptions. This is something you should look into every now and then. Um, I have a Wall Street Journal subscription. Love it. But what if I quit radio and TV? Should I still have that Wall Street Journal subscription? They're going to keep billing me for years and years and years to come until I tell them no. You probably have something like that in your world. Um, DUIs are very expensive in the state of California. Let me tell you what you're risking after three drinks you get in your car. Two drinks, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you can handle it. The state's going to arrest you, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you can handle it. Three drinks, I don't think you can handle drinking and driving, especially in the day and age of cell phones. Um, so three drinks, $10,000 plus in the state of California. By the time you miss work, by the time you do court-appointed you know, rehabs issues, Second DUI, I don't even want to talk about. That's, that's a year without your license and $20,000. Mr. Tony Mendez, how are you? Hi, Rob. One of the pieces of investment advice, tips, I'm going to ask you for one in a second. Unplug things. Like your computer, it's always draining power if it's plugged in. I have an extension cord outside that I like using different like blowers and stuff with. And I leave it plugged in. It's stupid because it's a vampire. It sucks electricity just for, by being plugged in. Everyone should unplug stuff, especially computers. Thoughts? Tips? You got a tip for me? It, owning a house is expensive. Um, and, and those are some of the things that come along with it. I mean, Wait, why own a house that's expensive? Owning a house is expensive. Oh, okay. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. I got to get on my ladder I, for the fourth I mean, time. And I think that's what you're talking about is people own homes. They, 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 there's just other things in their house that are draining and ways to um, minimize your expenses. What do you think about Easily. this one? Stealing toilet paper from the office. Um, since you're at an office, yeah. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> the toilet paper here is honestly from World War II prison camps. It's sandpaper. I can't use it here. Can't use it. That's one of the things that disturbs me. I don't eat in front of other people. I don't eat in front of people I work with. Never. But people that use the bathroom prolifically, like... They're gone for 25 minutes. I don't get. I do not get that in a workplace. Like, the only thing you have when you're in your 20s and 30s, in my opinion, is your reputation. Why be the guy who disappears for 20, 30 minutes and stinks up a room? Yeah, this is Friday, isn't it? This was awkward, wasn't it? It'd be a nice weekend, though. Hmm. May not be a weekend. This could be replay at Christmas, so thanks for throwing in it. <laughs> you blow it. The song says it's... Friday. Song says it is. That's just because we're in vacation mode. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreAirlineSource.com. BayAreAirlineSource.com. I'm at RobBlack.com. And you can listen to the new Focus on the Wealth show today from 1 to 2. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.